Well, hello, everyone. It's good to see all of you today. And our text for today is in 1 Samuel chapters 1 and 2. And let's begin with prayer. Our dear and gracious Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you allow us to come together and to bow our heads together before thee, Lord, to worship thee and honor thee and to learn of thee and to uh, praise and worship your name and, Lord, to uh, bring our petitions, trusting you, Lord, to answer according to your wisdom. So please open our hearts to your Holy Spirit and guide us in this devotional and in our time together in prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, brethren, today we want to consider how God works in us to motivate our sincere praying. It is in our sincere, heartfelt prayers that God is glorified. Hannah was such a person, but this heartfelt sincerity did not come to her naturally. She had to learn when and how to pray. In fact, Hannah may be the woman in the Bible for whom we know the most about her inner spiritual life. Why might this be so? Because we have recorded here in 1 Samuel 1 and 2, not one, but two heartfelt prayers in which she opens her soul to the Lord and to us. Now let's hear Hannah's first prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor come upon his head. So this is a prayer of petition. Hannah is at the end of herself and is in sincerely presenting her request to the Lord. Then in chapter 2, you know the story. God has heard Hannah's first prayer and has given her a son, and she comes again to the tabernacle to dedicate him unto the Lord's service. Now let us hear Hannah's second prayer, 1 Samuel chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken, and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, 
and they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set him among princes and to make them inherit the throne. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Now, we could spend quite some time unpacking the many truths that Hannah proclaims in this, her second prayer. But what I want us to understand today is this. What we have here is much more than simply a prayer of request and then a prayer of thanksgiving for God's granting the request. We might think of this as almost normal in routine. We make requests, many of them, and we thank God when he answers them with a yes. But today, we want to consider how God brings Hannah to the point of heartfelt prayer in the first place. We all want to seek after God with all of our hearts and to do so all of the time. So what motivated Hannah in this case? How did Hannah learn to pray so effectually? So let's look again at 1 Samuel chapter 1. There we learn that there was a man named Elkanah. And now reading beginning in verse 2. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah and the name of the other Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. So Elkanah took his family and went up to Shiloh to the tabernacle, to worship yearly. And now in verse 4. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters, portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Well, brethren, this is amazing as we shall see, for Penina is not spiritual, but yet she is blessed with children. While Hannah is spiritually well qualified, yet has no children. And notice at the end of verse 5, it is the Lord who has shut up Hannah's womb. And to ensure we notice, this is repeated again at the end of verse 6. The Bible does not make excuses for God when difficult things happen, for he is the great ruler of all things. Now, let us continue in verse 6. 
and her adversary also provoked her sore for to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so Penina provoked Hannah. Therefore she wept and did not eat. And verse 10, And Hannah was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. You see, my friends, Penina's cruel mocking of Hannah brought Hannah to a deep anguish in her soul. Hannah's anguish is not too different from what many of us on this call have felt in our lives. Now, Penina had multiple children. Hannah had to witness multiple births, each one with its joy, its newborn delights, and the continued mocking from Penina. You see, God brought Hannah to the end of herself. She came to the point of casting all her hope on God himself. And here's the point. God used Hannah's affliction to bring about her sincere praying. And then, and only then, did God answer her prayers. It was after Hannah truly denied herself that God raised up Samuel, the last great judge in Israel, and the prophet who inaugurated the kingdom. God uses difficulties to drive us to sincere, self-emptying, God-glorifying prayer. If trials drive us to prayer, brethren, to depend upon our great God, then the trials themselves cannot ultimately be bad. Brethren, God is achieving his purposes for us through his shepherding of the difficulties in our lives. May the Lord help us to fully take this in today as we pray and always. Amen.